eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's the Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There is our guy, Ryan Horvath, making you money. Bet MGM tonight, weeknights, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Uh, getting you ready for college football on Saturday mornings, 8 AM Central Time on The Fan in Milwaukee or wherever you may be. Uh, on uh, tailgate to kickoff with Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Download Curtin Long on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. And, of course, we're streaming this bad boy live on the Odyssey Sports page on YouTube uh, like we always do. So you can always find the videos there as well, providing I'm not by myself, in which case I don't do video. I just, because I don't want to look at myself for 30 minutes. That's just ridiculous. Uh, Ryan Horvath, let's talk about this Packers uh, game against the New Orleans Saints. I was getting so mad watching Twitter in the first half of that Packer game. Just getting so mad. People, first of all, wanted Joe Barry fired. The defense gave up, what was it, 10 points total uh, in the first half. The other one was a kick return. Did they play great? No, they didn't. They didn't play great. But that was, in my opinion, a huge overreaction on the Joe Barry thing. Like, there were more problems going on. First of all, you can't be getting false starts and holding penalties and every other damn thing every time you touch the ball. And the guy that I had on last week talking about the New Orleans Saints, Jeff Nowak, tweeted out, he goes, you know, if the Packers didn't keep having penalties every three or four plays, this would be a completely different football game right now. He tweeted that out at one point, and it would have been, but penalties just absolutely killed the Packers in the first half of the game, more so than I think anything else did. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, so, and and that's the thing, but we kind of have to expect that, right? Because this is the youngest team in the National Football League, or one of the youngest teams in the NFL. So those are things. I think the youngest team. Yeah, I think they are, exactly. I think they are the youngest team. So these are things that we just have to kind of come to expect, Um, you know, especially first couple quarters of these football games. But, 
Yeah, it was frustrating, you know, and um, even leading up to the game, though, I didn't really know what to expect because I figured at least a couple of these guys have to go. And then you see the injury report right before the game, and it's Jair's out, Bakhtiari's out, Jenkins is out, Watson remains out, which is frustrating, and then Aaron Jones is out, even though he was warming up before the game. So not going to lie, thought that they were screwed, down 17-0 in that game. They lost then, Campbell early in that game as well at middle linebacker, lost him. That was a huge loss. With all due respect to McDuffie, he's not as good as Campbell. Right. No, no, no. I mean, right. Even if, uh, you know, Campbell isn't the same player that he was a couple of years ago when you picked him up. But still, uh, you lose your guy with the green dot, and uh, that's a big loss right there because he's literally the leader of the defense. Yep. But, man, I mean, it was so sloppy, and uh, – you know, you never want to see a guy go down, but when Derek Carr went down, I was like, I think I'm going to lie bet the Packers because they're down 17 nothing, and we're getting like plus 400, plus 500 odds. And I was like, Jameis Winston is just not the quarterback that you want to protect the lead. Agreed. And like you said, the Packers, like this is why I like to go and look at the advanced box scores because if you just – and I like to go back and watch every single game, mainly because I like to bet these games. But if you just look at final scores, man, in the National Football League, I think everything's just so misleading because I joked yesterday, it's almost becoming like the NBA. These are all one-possession games. You know, a team's down three scores, other than the Bears and uh, the uh, Broncos, who got just annihilated up yesterday. They gave up 70. That was like a Madden score. The Dolphins are so fun, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these all come down to being one-possession games. So I was like, the Packers – are just stabbing themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot nonstop in this game. But, and I even texted a couple of my friends. I texted Winkler and I was like, they're going to win this game. And uh, they did. They came back and they won that game. But here's the thing. You could do that against the Saints. And I'm down on the Saints. I liked Atlanta a lot coming into the year, but they need to replace Desmond Ritter and they need to do that right now. They need to replace Arthur Smith and take play calling away. So Desmond Ritter isn't throwing the ball 38 damn times a game. He should never throw the ball 38 times a game. The problem was was yesterday, the Lions were smart though, and they loaded the box and they said, you're not going to beat us with Bijan. You could beat us with Desmond Ritter. Heineke could at least connect on those throws. He's an instant. So, but like, that's what I'm saying. I'm a little down on the saints and I'm not trying to take away from a great green Bay win. Again, a young team down all their star players down 17, nothing in the fourth quarter, big win for Jordan love, huge for the confidence. That's the kind of win right there that could boost you the rest of the way. And you got a big game coming up on a short week against the lions who had another big win. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be a huge early, you know, test in the NFC North. Can't wait on a Thursday night. Wish I didn't have to work. Not going to lie. I want to watch that one at home because I'm uh, buying in a little bit. That was a big win. Now, again, like a terrible interception thrown by Jordan Love in that game. But I kind of was in his defense on that one. I didn't tweet it out because everybody is always like, you know, anytime I tweet anything about Jordan Love, people take it as sarcasm. But no, I mean, like, I think he was just like, F it. Time to play hero ball. Somebody's got to be down there at some point because they couldn't run the ball. A.J. Dillon, um, our friend Andy Herman, who does great work, I believe he had this tweet today, and he's like, hey, hopefully A.J. Dillon could get it figured out. But And he like points out there's a huge hole. The hell is A.J. Yeah, Dillon? He went to the right outside? instead of taking a hole to the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. But this is the thing, man. Like, I think A.J. Dillon now is in his own head. So they need Aaron Jones back. But uh, huge win. But that said, a little down on the Saints. 
Definitely down on Jameis Winston trying to protect a 17 nothing lead. And you know my thoughts on Derek Carr. Don't think he's very good. Right. But I don't think they lose that game if Derek Carr stays in because, you know what I mean? Like, he uh, – and, and Jameis didn't play terrible, but I don't know. I don't know if they win that game if Derek Carr is still in there. But who cares? A win's a win. Two and one, baby. Let me tell you things that, that bothered me in this game. First thing that bothered me was all the love Taylor was getting at cornerback that Vilma was giving him. Oh, he's just that guy. He didn't see a ball, I don't believe, thrown his way outside of one time. The one ball hit him in the back of the arm. Another ball he kicked out on accident as the receiver was on the ground for that touchdown. But he really, yes, he was there, but it wasn't like he was reaching out and knocking balls down or turning his head and knocking balls down. Literally, the back of his head was facing the quarterback every time something went wrong and the receiver dropped the ball uh, at that point. The other thing that's annoying is drops. Like, dude, how many times did he hit receivers in the hands and they were not catching the ball? Reed, especially, when he finally made that diving catch on the right sideline, I was like, oh, thank God, he he made a catch. God bless America. Did Love miss some throws? Yeah. That Musgrave won down the middle. Obviously, that was horrible, right? And he has struggled throwing the deep ball. That has been a thing with him so far. But that was a pretty pass to read down the right sideline. I mean, he couldn't have thrown it any better. He wasn't going to let the DB have a chance at that thing. His jump balls, it is what it is. I mean, if you throw a jump ball short, now you give the DB the chance. The wide receiver's got to fight to bat the ball down or whatever the case may be. He likes throwing those jump balls. That touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs where he adjusted and made that catch, that's a nice ball. I think that's something they've worked on, and you've seen them work on it. That's something that Rodgers did. Somebody took a shot. Who was it? I'm sorry, I can't get I don't know who to give credit to. I don't remember who it was. But somebody took a screenshot of a throw from Rodgers to Devontae Adams. I think they were playing the Cowboys, and it was the exact same thing. Adams turning the exact same way as Dobbs turned the exact same way. And oh, was, there's so know, much Rodgers in love. Look at the play face. The way that he I mean, say that's why you guys say what you not you, Sparky, but like say what you want about Rodgers. He was good to Jordan Love. Well, he learned a lot for sure. Like that one play where he's rolling left and throws that ball. Uh, down the left sidelines, that's that is carbon copy Rogers, like his body movement, like where he releases it from everything. The one thing that I guess I've kind of been surprised by, and again, I didn't watch that dude a ton at Utah State like Ryan did. Uh, the one thing that I'm really surprised by, he throws from like a million different arm angles. And somebody asked LaFleur about that last week. LaFleur was like, Yeah, sometimes it annoys me, and sometimes it's like, Hey, good job, you know, it worked, whatever the case may be. But a lot of sidearm stuff, um, not always over the top with different arm angles, and you know, sometimes it works. He threw that one ball uh, to Tunyon where the two defenders collided and he just threw it just out too far in front of his reach where Tunyon had to dive in front of the end zone to try and make a catch and it was too far out there. But even Vilma was like, man, that's a tight window trying to throw that ball into. Uh, and he, like you said, at some point it just has to become, screw this, I'm just going to do it, right? I'm going to make that throw. But you got to have confidence too in your receivers. And somebody brought it up earlier of, there's no way he's going back to Reed after Reed had dropped one or two balls earlier in that game, the way he did going down that right sideline. Rodgers would have been like, I'm done with you. We're done. We're not doing this again. I'm not getting my heart broken again, throwing the ball to you. And Love just keeps going back to these guys. Now, will he be that same way in five or six years? I don't yeah. know. But first year starting, Ryan, I, I, I'm still encouraged by Love. Even though he didn't play great, there are still a lot of positives to take away. Yeah, I mean, like he didn't play great, but also... I mean, 
like if I was going to defend Rodgers, especially those like, well, not really so much the first couple of years, but like those middle years where Rodgers was struggling, it was like, yeah, I mean, what do you guys expect? He's not connecting on the deep ball because he doesn't have the chemistry right now with Valdez Scantling and, right. you know, uh, Jamon Moore. But like yesterday, Jordan Love was almost set up to fail and instead put together a great performance, you know, in the fourth quarter. Like you have to give him a lot of credit because he just kept battling, battling, battling just that entire team. You know, I agree. And LaFleur was so emotional in the locker room and when he was being interviewed because this is the youngest team in the National Football League and they just kept coming back and coming back, coming back. It was like the movie villain, man. Like you couldn't kill him. And uh, you don't expect that from a young team playing a veteran team. You know, the Saints, that's a really good defense. We don't know what their offense is. Not great right now, especially when Jameis Winston's under center. They don't have Kamara yet. You know, Michael Thomas isn't what he was. Uh, I love, but you know, they still got Chris Olave. You can't make excuses. How about my Woo, yeah. that one had a catch he made down the sideline, Olave. Good yeah. God. Yeah, he's awesome. But with uh, you know, with with Jordan Love, he was kind of set up for failure with AJ Dillon without his two all pro offensive linemen. You know, Christian Watson remains out. We don't know when we're gonna see him. Romeo Dobbs is solid, you know, but like and Romeo Dobbs is a good player, but he still drops the ball every once in a while, and he's not the number one wide receiver on a Super Bowl contending team. And so, like, this is the – I almost swore. This is the stuff Rodgers had to deal with, you know, like sloppy tackling. Yesterday, if that – also, like, if that dude makes a field goal that anybody should make in the National Football League, Packers lose that game, right? But he's a rookie, first-time kick, an actual turf, I think, right. as well. I mean, there are all these things going into it. Pressure situation for a rookie. He just yeah. – he just, he just, I don't say yeah. choked, but he felt it. It got to him. It was like Clemson's kicker this weekend. But he uh, he should make that. And that would be Rogers' first year. You know, that would be 09 all over again or 08, whenever year. Because it would be Rogers would lead the team back. They would go up. That's why I don't want to hear like these stupid stats like Rogers never led the Packers back. Yeah, he would. But then the other team would get the ball with the two minute drill and the defense would be sloppy tackling and, and they would drive down the field and they'd kick a field goal and they would make that. You know, that. That's uh, that's a good sign for love. Maybe he's going to have better luck than Aaron had. But I was like, this is so typical. This is so typical. Like, love leads the team back. The most impressive play that he had of the day, because, like, with the arm angles and stuff, like, there's Aaron and there's Mahomes and there's Marino. And so, like, some of those throws are going to be like, but some of those throws are going to be like, oh, my God, nobody else can do that. And that's the two-point conversion, you know, where the play looks dead. And that's huge. And I love the decision from LaFleur. You know, we've been, and I thought that was great on the broadcast. Everybody was bitching about the broadcast. I thought that was a great point, though. We've been struggling, struggling, struggling all day long at home debut, getting shut out. No, 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 no. Let's go for two because then if we, we're going to get the ball back, that's the message you send to the defense. And then we're going to win this effing game. We're not going to play for overtime. You know, what would, what would McCarthy, God bless him, what would he have done? Kick the stupid extra point. We go to overtime. We never see the ball. No, LaFleur was aggressive. I think LaFleur has been awesome this year, too. He's been getting a lot of hate, and you know maybe yesterday wasn't a good day to point it out. But I think the only knock you could have on the floor is his loyalty to certain guys. And you know Joe Barry, I said this though, like I don't think Joe Barry's very good. I know he's not very good. He's never been the defensive coordinator for a good defense ever, and he has all this talent. But at the end of the day, does he have all this talent, or is Goop maybe just not a great talent evaluator? Maybe somebody else should evaluate the talent on the defensive side of the ball because they still miss way too many tackles. But they did play pretty good yesterday. Joe Barry's game plan was pretty good yesterday. 
But I want to see what it looks like against a real offense this Thursday. Because I've been saying, man, I'm not sold on the Saints. I like Atlanta better well, in that division. But you picked the Saints to beat the Packers, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, with that injury report. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy ass win for the Packers. Yep. Buddy win for Jordan Love and uh and those young dudes in that locker. Okay, so a couple lot. other things, right? You talk about LaFleur maybe being too loyal. I'll tell you something that he's done that I didn't think he'd do. He's giving Jordan Love a lot of freedom to make big decisions. Cause he talked about that play because they asked him about Patrick Taylor on that fourth down play down by the end zone by the what was it, the 15, 10 yard line, where Love snapped the ball threw it to Patrick Taylor and Taylor stopped and didn't continue to run. And love looked at him like, dude, what are you doing? Like he's, you're supposed to continue to run. You would have caught that ball at the 10. Maybe, maybe you make a guy miss you score. Instead, the ball's incomplete because he didn't do the right thing. So they asked LaFleur about it after the game. LaFleur was like, to be honest with you, I didn't really see it. I was looking down at my sheet or whatever the case may be. He goes, but at that point, I told Jordan, these are your options. If you like a matchup, go ahead. If you don't, if you don't see something you like, take the delay of game and we'll kick the field goal. Because Packer fans wanted him to kick the field goal. And LaFleur was ready with it. But LaFleur said, it's up to you. If you see a matchup you like, go ahead and go for it. And that's what he did. Now again, I didn't think LaFleur would give Jordan Love that type of freedom to make a decision on whether or not we're going for it on fourth down or whether or not we're taking the delay of game and kicking a field goal. But that speaks volumes to me as far as the maturity level of Jordan Love, where his head's at, how much LaFleur trusts him already, and we're only in week three of his first season starting at quarterback. That says a lot, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is the good thing, though. I mean, you don't see it a lot in the National Football League because guys get forced into action right away. We're seeing it this year with all these kids. You know, Anthony Richardson, who granted he didn't play yesterday, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, everybody plays right away, whereas Jordan Love – you know, that's why you had to be high on the offense. And if you were high on Jordan Love, you had to like, you know, them going into the season because this is his fourth year in the system. And he did learn behind Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Matt LaFleur also doesn't really have another choice but to have this trust in Jordan Love and show this trust in Jordan Love. Because if you just have him go out there and be a game manager and just hand the ball off, you know, I mean. Yeah, but he could have just said, we're kicking the field goal, Jordan. I'm not putting you out there to make a decision of whether or not you're going to make a throw on fourth down and, and us not take the points. To put that type of decision on him, before we just said, we're taking three. Here we go. Off to the sidelines. We can't we can't afford to miss a fourth down here. So we're just going to yeah. take the field goal. But instead he goes, you see something? Take it. If you don't, we'll kick a field goal. Take a delay of game. That, I mean, I don't know. I may, Maybe they do this with rookie quarterbacks around the league. Uh, to CJ Strouds oh. of the world of stuff. I wouldn't. No. If I was that coach, no chance. 
No, that's the thing, though. You know, Jordan Love's a veteran, though, in this league now. He's well, not a rookie. Only by, by the standard of he's been in the league, yes, but he hasn't played a full season. He hasn't even played a half a season. Yeah, see, this was my always my thing with Jordan Love. Like, I looked at Jordan Love, like, at Utah State, and I was like, the same way that I looked at Anthony Richardson, because, you know, whenever, whenever we would talk about him, I would be like, you know, I just, I don't know that I see like MVP of the league, but I could see MVP of the league, but there's just like so much like sloppiness every once in a while. Like Jordan Love, I love him, but like he's doing the splits on that throw, like the trick play. Oh, he fell. I mean, it was fourth and two. No, no, no. And that wasn't his fault. Right. Like, I mean, he's like, he's got to like, down there, right? ball's got to get to him for him to make that throw. The play design was beautiful. Brilliant. That was wide it, looked open. Like, it looked like four drunk guys though in a parking lot at the bar, like with the vortex though. That was yep. the problem though. Everybody's slipping all around the place, but yeah, you know, with Jordan love, there's just like every once in, and that stuff's going to get better the more that he plays. But that was why I was like, why is green Bay doing this? Because Rogers had just been extended for four more years. And I was like, I kind of want to see him on the field and he's only going to get better if he plays. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. You could get, you could learn a lot from Aaron Rodgers, and you could learn from the preseason and you could get your live reps in. But at the end of the day, you only learn in the National Football League by getting on the field. Correct. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys look great in the preseason, and then we see them in the regular season, and we're like, yeah, no. Or vice versa. Some of these guys look like crap in the preseason. Jamar Chase a couple years ago couldn't catch a ball. Now he's one of the best receivers in the league. So uh, it's fun. This is this – is, um, this is a, it's been a fun start to the season because just every week you have no idea what you're going to get. And that's why my mom yesterday, you know, she's, she's like all the people on Twitter too. She's like, hey, you know, are you watching the Jets? And I'm like, yeah, on one TV because I'm watching every single game. And I tell her, like, you guys aren't loyal. You got Randall Cobb out there on the final play of the game diving for a Hail Mary, poor guy from Zach Wilson, you know, uh, Alan Lazard. Garrett Wilson's talking to him, shaking his head like Zach Wilson just can't throw the ball. But, you know, yesterday, the first three quarters, she's freaking out about every single thing. And I was like, what are your expectations this season? Because I think they need to change a little bit. You're not but watching. See, that's what I said on Twitter, Ryan. I was like, what is going on? I know. A majority of you said they were going to win seven or eight games. And now you're acting like you picked them to go 13 and three. And this was a game you had them winning of the 13. They're going to lose football games. I'm here to tell you, I know they've got one loss. They're going to lose more. They're going, even if they win 10 games, that means they're going to lose six more games, guys. We got to relax and chill the hell out about this. This is not a Super Bowl or bust season. Ryan has said it. I've said it. I think a majority of you listening to this agree it's not a Super Bowl or bust season. That's the thing, though, Ryan, is that everybody's so accustomed to this Super Bowl or bust, react to everything every year between Rodgers and Favre, and they are not used to this whole kind of, I don't know if it's a rebuild. Would you call it a rebuild? I don't know what you would call it. But whatever this building is that's going on with the Packers. It's a retool, I would say. So that said, though, as we record this, the Packers – on Thursday night are going to be one and a half point underdogs at home. That's for the I, don't care about take, I think the Packers, I think the Packers are going to win this game. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The other thing I want to point out, what about the Jordan love run down the left sideline? How about that? How about he turns the corner, stays in bounds and gets another 10, 15 yards. That's something else that during preseason, whatever, you didn't see a lot of Jordan love running. But what a lot of design runs for Jordan love. Like there was on the two point conversion. You didn't really see a lot of that. The more Jordan Love runs, the more the other team has to prepare for it, right? And that helps this Packers offense. Completely agree. The number one most the, the most efficient play in all of football is the quarterback scramble. And 
You know, like that's what that's what I want to see from Jordan Love, though, especially in until Aaron Jones comes back, man, because yes. I don't like this running back room whatsoever. Um, and so until Jordan Love, I'm t- sorry, until AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones comes back, Jesus, I don't want to see, I don't want to see any more AJ Dillon. So I do want to see more RPOs. I want to see more quarterback design runs with Jordan Love because he is athletic. That said, when we do see these runs, these quarterback design runs, I want Jordan Love to either slide or get out of bounds like Aaron Rodgers. That's the other good thing because Rodgers tells all these young kids this. So you know that's in Jordan Love's head. Because if I have to see Sean Clifford take a snap, unless we're unless it's a 42-0 game and he's coming in there to take a knee, I better not see any Sean Clifford for the next decade. So just get out of bounds, slide. Because I that's that's something that you know coming up on Wednesday when we do Kurt and Long, Jeff Rieger will join us from the ticket in Detroit as we get ready for the Thursday night game. We'll record that at noon central time. If you want to check it out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, we'll do that at noon central on Wednesday. Uh, so a huge, huge, huge game for the Packers at Lambeau Field. First win for Jordan Love there. First start, all that fun stuff. Uh, and we'll talk more, obviously, about the lines coming up on Wednesday. Let's talk about some of the other games from around the NFC North. I have to start with your Justin Fields uh, and your Chicago Bears there, Horvat. I'm telling you right now. I am telling you right now, Horvat. Well, Justin Fields, maybe not the Bears, Justin Fields. But I, I'm just going to say this. I, yeah. I saw Rex Ryan today, this morning on ESPN. And he was talking about Zach Wilson. He wasn't even talking about Justin Fields. He was talking about Zach Wilson. And he said, listen, kid's got great arm talent. He's like, there's there's no arguing. He's got great talent. He goes, he might have a two-cent head, but he's got great arm talent. He can run a little bit. He goes, you have to simplify the game. He's like, make it a one-read thing. And if it's not there, you go. Like, make him take the field and take it in half. He obviously can't read the whole field, so cut it in half for him. And if it's not there, you go. That's what Getze should do in Chicago for Justin Fields. Just make it a hell of a lot easier. One, two, run. That's it. If your first and second reads aren't open, I want you just to take off and run. Slide. Please slide. But take off and run. And if you have, you know, 30 runs in the game, fine. But we're not going to get beat the way we've been getting beat. We're going to put pressure on the opposing defense and give him a chance because he clearly is not ready to play quarterback in the National Football League of sitting in the pocket and waiting to throw footballs. Like, that is clear as day through three weeks. And Gatsy keeps trying to force feed it unless there's a master plan behind the scenes of we're going to suck yeah. to get Caleb Williams, the guy that we all want. Unless yeah. that's a part of a master plan and Gatsy's in on it from Ryan Poles, this is just idiotic what they're having him do. If I'm going to pat myself on the back for being right about, uh, you know, um, Justin Herbert and Tua yeah. and all these guys, I have to just call a spade a spade and admit it. <laughs> Justin Fields is no good. He's not good. He could be... Like I said, uh, when we did the pod last week, if you put him in San Francisco and you know they take him rather than Trey Lance, I think he could be good in that system. I think he could do what Brock Purdy's doing and maybe even better. Like imagine him in Shanahan's system. Right. You know, with his legs and with Christian McCaffrey and with Debo and Brandon Ayuk. But he's not, you know, he's not Jordan Love where like Justin Fields wouldn't have won that game with Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. No. And, you know what I mean? Like he wouldn't win that Wicks. game. Yep. Yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's never going to win you a game. But I don't think he's like bad enough to be this bad. I think that system sucks. I don't think Luke Getzey's very good. I don't think – I mean, DJ Moore, they have no idea how to use him. They don't really have any idea what they're doing. And their yeah, defense is horrible. But Justin Fields is not good. It's it's He's, he's not good. I don't even no. – 
And like, which quarterback other than like Geno Smith? I keep hearing like this change of scenery stuff. Rarely works. Jared Goff looks good when he has a good OC. So Jared Goff was serviceable with McVay, and now he's serviceable, you know, because he's got a really good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. Right. He's not a guy that could win you games. So I was wrong on Justin Fields. Jeez, man, like we all may be wrong about Trevor Lawrence. He's so inconsistent. That team is so inconsistent. They got just curb stomped yesterday by the Houston Texans. You know who I wasn't wrong about, though? My guy, C.J. Stroud. But that's my thing. Like I wanted to defend Justin Fields because I was like, what's the knock on him? He's a one-read quarterback. Okay, we'll put him in an offense where just like what you said, I agree with Rex Ryan. You put him with weapons, he's a weapon. Um, but like, I hate when we just say guys are going to be bust because of the systems that they played in college. That was the knock on Herbert. And I was like, okay, why though? Because Marcus Mariota was, was a guy. Right. And Dennis, and these dudes play for Chip Kelly. This is a completely different system. You know, Justin Herbert was putting up numbers with Mario Cristobal, who's a defensive-minded head coach. That wasn't your typical Oregon team. You know, C.J. Stroud... Yeah, sure, he's playing in the Ryan Day offense with JSN and, you know, all these dudes, Marvin Harrison. But he was really good, and you saw that. I mean, he should have beat Georgia if that kid makes that field goal, and he could use his legs, and he could make every single throw. So that's that was my thing with Justin Fields. Like, just let's not knock him just because he went to Ohio State. Because um, I would go to Ohio State, too, with all those weapons. And he went to Georgia. He just wasn't playing there. But maybe we know why now, because uh, he's crap. That, he's, well, that's he's, the thing, though. Like, not only is he bad, but their defense is horrible. Like, they don't stop anybody on defense. So not only is the offense bad, but the defense sucks. So then it becomes, okay, so what are we going to – I'm telling you something right now. If I was Chicago, and I'm not trying to help the Bears, I'm just being honest, i trade DJ Moore. Get gone. I don't need you to be out here. Why? I can get a first or second. I don't know what I can get for him, but I'm trading DJ Moore. He's not staying here all season. Like, there's no chance. If somebody needs a wide receiver – then you give me a second-round pick for DJ Moore, and you can have him because you're going nowhere this year with DJ Moore. And DJ Moore, I guarantee you, does not want to sit in that crappy offense and suck all year long if he can get somewhere where actually might use him the right way. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. You suck this year, but look at what you could possibly be next year. I mean, if you if you hang on to the guys that you actually do like, it's like, all right, we'll stick it out this year. We still have to, unfortunately, evaluate Justin Fields a couple more weeks here before we pull pull, pull the plug. Because, like, let's look at uh, this early schedule, too. Green Bay, probably a lot better than a lot of people project on the defensive side of the ball, and they're pretty healthy week one. Right. You know, nobody – they weren't going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. Not with T-Swift in attendance. Absolutely not. But this is the thing with D.J. Moore. I just called up his contract. So next year he has a cap hit – right now his cap hit is $20 million. A dead cap number of 21.2. Okay, so you probably, I mean, it's a million-dollar difference if you get rid of them, but who cares? You get a draft pick. Next year, next year, or if they cut him after this year, next year, his cap hit is only $16 million, a dead cap of 1.1. The year after that, he's got a cap hit of $16 million, no dead cap money if you get rid of him. So now you go to a team and say, hey, look, I'll give you this dude. If it don't work out, it costs you a million bucks and you're out free and clear. Like, why wouldn't that be a huge asset for another team? AFC or I'll tell you, I call New England. I'd call Belichick and be like, hey, y'all don't got a true one. I'll give you one for for your quarterback and give you a shot at this thing. I'll tell you why they're not going to do that and why I wouldn't do that. Right, though, because Ryan Poles, again, didn't draft uh, Justin Fields. I mean, he did hire Eberflus, but here's the beautiful thing. If. The Bears suck as bad as it looks like they're going to suck. There's a good chance that they have two top five picks, which means 
You could draft Caleb Williams, your quarterback of the future, who we're all comparing to Patrick Mahomes or Drake May, whatever your flavor is. Knowing the Bears, they'll choose the wrong one, but whatever. And then you could draft Marvin Harrison. I think that would actually be a dumb thing to do. I would actually take a pass rusher because I think that defense is what the Bears need most. Sure. And as good as Marvin Harrison is, you could sign a free agent wide receiver. But, or, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe, you know, if you project him to be the best receiver in the draft, you know, in the next five drafts, take him there. Get your quarterback, Caleb Williams, pair them together for the next 10 years. And the Bears fans and the Bears, like they need to make a splash here, especially if they're going to move out of Soldier Field, move out of Chicago and go to Arlington Heights, right? Like the fans are sick and tired of losing. I mean, look at social media. Listen to the score today. They haven't won a game in two years and they, they're not even competitive. Yesterday, the Chiefs are the Chiefs are like running up the score. Taylor Swift's there. She's banging on the damn you know, screen. It's 41 nothing. You know, they're just getting Kelsey in the end zone when he should be on the sideline. They're riding off into the sunset in the convertible. That's how the Bears are a joke. Last week, like stuff's getting stolen from Soldier Field. Yep. The, the defensive coordinator, why did he get fired? The FBI we thought was involved. Peanut he Tillman was involved. Brian Urlacher is yeah. involved. He has hair now. You know, Lance Briggs one time just left his car on the highway. The Bears are and have been a mess for the last decade. So what they need to do, what Ryan Poles needs to do to save his job is say, I can't go into another rebuild. So if you have any assets on your team, you hold on to them. Because now next year, if you have Kayla Williams under center, you trade Justin Fields for whatever you could get, right? And then you have Marvin Harrison. Now, DJ Moore could be your slot guy with Marvin Harrison. Like, because you know what I mean? Like, the, the Lions are most likely going to lose Ben Johnson, their OC. And then what's Jared Goff without a good OC? We've seen that. Correct. He's Jared yep. Goff. The Packers are solid, but they're kind of going through a little retool too. And then uh, the, the Vikings, who are going to say goodbye to Kirk Cousins. They can't win a game to save their life. They're going to be a mess for the next decade. They don't have, they've never won a Super Bowl. We don't take them seriously anyway. So that's why I think the Bears just hang on to DJ Moore and any talent that they have. You know, because they spend so much money this offseason on the inside linebacker position for whatever, so they have to fix up that defense. But they That hasn't worked. Bunch that hasn't worked. Place, that, you bunch just burned that place. money. Yeah, I'd hang on to DJ Moore, though, because I like him. If anything, see if you could get anything for Justin Fields. Call up the, you know, call up the Jets. I don't know. Yeah, sure. If you go call up the Jets, call up Atlanta. Try to trade Ritter for Justin Fields. See if they'll take Justin Fields in Atlanta. There's Justin a spot. Fields is better than Zach Wilson. I'll say that. Zach Wilson's the best. He's the worst quarterback I've ever seen play in the National Football League. Yeah. Okay. About Minnesota. Uh, let, let's talk about that for a second. So the Vikings. I didn't think they would be, you know, 13, 14 wins or anything crazy like that. But I didn't think they'd be this bad. I mean, I they they are this bad. You you yeah. You called them, didn't you? Pick them in last place. Yeah, I I think you picked them in last place. I don't. You didn't see the Bears being this bad either, though. Uh, but the, yeah. the Vikings are bad, and this whole Kirk Cousins thing. I'd have to look. I don't think contractually you can even move Cousins. I don't think that's a thing. Like if if that's something, because it's all this. Oh, call the Vikings and get Kirk Cousins uh, to the Jets, because that's what everybody in the media wants. They want a real quarterback in New York. So everybody can get all happy about the New York Jets again uh, and get ratings up and everybody. Because think about this. All these games that the Jets are on prime time, just who cares anymore? Like all these national televised games they got because of Rodgers, ain't nobody going to care about the New York Jets anymore. It does not matter. Right? No. It's terrible. That's a terrible product right now. I can't watch. I mean, I can't watch some of this quarterback play going around the league right now. Zach Wilson is is so bad, man. Like these games, 
they're never on the field. The poor defense is on the field the entire game. Yesterday, you have to go back and watch this game. Every single time Zach, Zach they would the Jets, it was just three and out, three and out. And Zach Wilson would go over to the sideline and all of his wide receivers would just like gang beat him. Like they would all just be in his ear. Garrett Wilson, the entire game, just nonstop, just like all of them. And then by the end of it, all the wide receivers were on the other side complaining. And that's where you got clipped of Garrett Wilson saying to Alan Lazard, he can't throw the football. And Lazard's like, oh my God, what the, Lazard's like, you could tell trying to be positive. And then he's thinking in his head, like, what the hell have I gotten myself? And Randall Cobb. And then they could be retired. Well, but then they show on the other side, there's Randall Cobb and there's Zach Wilson and he's shaking his head and Randall Cobb's like hitting him on the chest. I think Zach Wilson, what's going through his head is I can't play in this league. I'm no good. And he, and like, you know, his teammates were trying to rally around him, but now they, he's no good. And uh, they want to win. Like Garrett Wilson's too good to be catching ground balls from Zach Wilson. Those poor guys, man. I mean, like those young dudes, they are like all summer long, Aaron's hair. Finally, a quarterback. Because Zach Wilson is that bad. But, but here's the thing. I keep hearing people say like, call Matt Stafford. You're not getting Matt Stafford. Call Kirk Cousins. Maybe, but why? Because the Jets is Kirk Cousins. What's he going to do for you this year? I know everybody Playoffs. believes, like, yeah, but Rodgers, and, and then what? Rodgers, so Kirk Cousins gets the Jets to the playoffs. And then, then he's, he's done. He's a free agent after this year. So what? Who cares? Bye, Kirk. Good luck in your new endeavor. I still I got Aaron next year. Kirk but he's that. the hot hand. He's the one that just Who took this team to the playoffs. Okay. And Rodgers hasn't played football, and you're just going to send him back yes. out. Yeah, that's not. exactly right. That's, He's going to go into free agency. That's what's going to happen. Yes. I think if you're the Jets now and you don't know the Packers, that first round pick, just Wait, let him soil himself. But but now it's going to be a high second, a really high second. The, what, Whatever. You the, got a first, though. You, and you could take a tackle because you're going to get Rodgers back. You got to protect them. And you trade for Bakhtiari if you want, but good luck with tackle. him. You're out of your mind. If we're if they're bad and Drake May is there, I'm taking Drake May. Or if Caleb Williams, how depending on how bad they are, if one of those quarterbacks, I'm going quarterback. I ain't worrying about tackle. The hell with that. I don't think they're I'm gonna, gonna be a, I, don't, I don't think they're gonna be that bad though. I, I don't think they're gonna be able to be as bad. I mean I don't know though. Uh well, they got one win. Who are the I, Bears doing? Yeah, but the Bears are god-awful, right? I'll give you that. So the Bears are going to be there at the end. The Cardinals are a hell of a lot better than we all thought they were going to be. You can say whatever you want about Arizona and how bad they were. Arizona's playing better. Stroud has the Texans being competitive over in Houston. I think Carolina is trash, so I'll give you Carolina. So Carolina's bad. The Jets are bad. The Bears are bad. Those three are probably among the worst in the league. I don't think the Vikings will be bad enough to be near the top three or top five picks in the National Football League when the season is all over necessarily. The Denver Broncos, they're real bad. Uh, so you could put them in there. They're going to have a situation too in Denver where they got Russell Wilson under contract for how many damn years? And if they're bad enough, they may be sitting up there at the top of the first round. This whole thing was supposed to be wrapped up for Arizona to get Caleb Williams. And now, not only are they not going to get Caleb Williams probably, but now there's going to be a serious battle of all these teams that were supposed to do something all being God awful at the same time. I mean, think about it. There's like literally five to eight teams that you could argue might be the worst team in the NFL by the end of the year. Yeah. That's yeah. not good for the NFL either, by the way, to have these many teams being that bad all at once. No, I mean, I agree. I agree, man. I mean, like the quarterback play especially has been just terrible. No doubt. All right, Wednesday, Jeff Rieger from the Ticket 
in Detroit. Always fun talking to Rieger and getting his thoughts as the uh, Packers and Lions get after it on Thursday night. And thanks to Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter, Ryan Horvath. BetMGM tonight. I'm assuming Ryan will be bragging about those Packers tonight on BetMGM tonight. Make sure to check that out. Plus two Monday night games. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Brewers are off, so we got to wait till tomorrow to clinch the division at home against the St. Louis Cardinals, but I'll probably flip between both games, I guess, throughout the evening. All right, enjoy the rest of your evening. Have a good one. Toodles!